cookie the other night before bed. And I was like, because I didn't, it wasn't like super strong or anything. And then I was like, oh, it's time to eat 23 pizza rolls. (laughs) 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 Then I went to bed. Uh, that's not an exaggeration. The that is exactly that how many. fucking counted? I did. I counted them. It was 23 pizza rolls. Also, well, I was in two batches because mine, well, first I was like, you well, you, don't have, need... you, you make the one. Yeah. And you get a few rolls in and you're like, that's not this enough. is not going to be enough. So you yeah. preemptively go throw more in. I didn't. No? No. Oh. The best part is I had actually like, I made my one batch of pizza rolls and then I put the basket in the sink with water and soap. That's what I was going to ask. Is if and you I was like, them. I did. I air fried them. And then I was like, oh no. I have to I have to like rinse it out and dry it and everything. I'm like, I don't fucking care. It's worth it. And need more pizza rolls right now. Air fried pizza rolls are like the elite pizza They're rolls. Really like, it's the best way if you have never air fried a pizza roll. This is an entire conversation that we had on Halloween mm-hmm. about her high ass and all yeah. the pizza rolls. It's, all, it's um, the best high snack. Sure. It's true. I'll take y'all's word for it. I'm going to be a stick in the mud. Air frying is not frying, it's baking. Eh. Don't you lie to me. It's baking with crispness. It's crispy it's, baking. It's, it's a, a counter convection oven. Correct. That's Craking, precisely right? what it it's, is. It's just easier to say air fryer. Right, right. Oh, I get it. Because it gets. You can't, you can't put counter convection oven in no. on, a, on a thing. It does get crispier than if you put it in a fucking oven. It does. Convection oven. Sure. They're very different. No, they are. But I'm saying it, it gets crispier than if you just put it in a regular old oven. It's probably because of the size. Anyway, you know what? It doesn't matter. Why did I start this conversation? Jesus I don't know. Christ. It's the air circulation. <laughs> it circulates the heat, which right. goes all the way around said food. Which item, is essentially a convection of oven. Just, yes. Uh, yeah, that's it's exactly. Oven. That's what a convection yeah. oven is. I, it circulates the heat around, cooks it from all sides, and just. You know what's weird? Mine doesn't do that. Well, mine does. Magic. Like the functionality is there. But, like, the back left corner cooks faster than the rest of the oven. That's weird. Yeah. So, I have to, like, when I make cookies, I have to do flip the whole tray 180 degrees halfway through. Huh. There's a lot of ovens like that. And I think, like, the, I don't know if it's, like, the fucking burners. Or that, not the burners. The, what are the things called? The, the heating l- elements. Heat, that's what I, yes. There you the go. heating elements. There it is. <laughs> are we recording? Because nobody first... fucking cares. <laughs> We've been recording oh, for a God while. damn it. That was weird. So, uh, hi, welcome to Ghost and Hose, where we talk about baking. Bad weird or good weird? It was it went like, like it panned. Yeah, weird. It was weird for a second. That is weird. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I was like, yeah, keep an eye on that. I will. Welcome <laughs> to Ghost and Hose, yeah. where we Convection talk about ovens. baking in fucking air fryers because they're great. Yes, I make so much food in that thing. I, I make know. my potatoes every. All my breakfast potatoes are done in there now. Oh yeah, nice. highly recommend uh, making broccoli. In the air fryer. Really? Just throwing it in with some seasoning? Bro- like yeah. frozen it, or regular? I Fresh. don't, yeah, I don't get frozen broccoli because it's always too watery. Yeah, yeah. It but too yeah I don't mush. like frozen broccoli Yeah, it's either. really, it comes out really, really good. Yeah. So. Okay. Frozen broccoli for soup is good though. That makes sense. Oh, for soup, sure. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is not a cooking podcast. <laughs> or is it? Fuck, it could be. <laughs> it you guys want to talk be. about killing people it's in the, kitchens? Let's fucking do it. It's the Randall and Goose Show. <laughs> it is. Where we talk about food and weed. Where we talk I... about how many cookies Goose ate the last time she was here <laughs> and had to be taken home from a restaurant. I can only hear out of my left headphone. Okay. You're you're in the one ear. Uh huh. It's the, weird. The one ear. The one ear. 
Well, um, hello, welcome, Paranormal hey. Podcast, where we talk about all things spooky, Ooh. and now mine's doing weird shit, what's even happening, uh, cryptids, aliens, murder, all of the above, and dicks. And dicks. And dicks. Um, Have we been talking about dicks that I missed out on? I think we always okay. talk about dicks. Hmm. Um, Generally. So, last week, guys... Sorry, not sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry? Sorry. Um, I was like, what? Why? It was rough. Like, I actually yeah, I know. had realized, because I, I like, you know, of course, as you do, you listen back. And I missed so much of Z's story because I truly think that I mentally blacked the fuck out because I just couldn't take anymore. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, my brain dipped the fuck out. That was a rough one. Yeah, that was a rough one. But you know what was really interesting? Uh, we got a, a message, from, uh, not a message, but a comment <laughs> from Sam Jamich. Sure. Yeah. On, I think it was on Instagram. Probably. And she had said that, that she has been waiting for someone to actually cover that story. And it's a rough one, and I think that's why most people don't. Mm-hmm. But we went there. Mm-hmm. We did it. Good. Needed to be told. <laughs> well, it, yeah. 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 We, we, it's... Yeah, she she did the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. I so, did. I did it. This week is I not going to be that. No. Just so you know. <laughs> Twont. 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 Shant. Mm-hmm. How was your Halloween, everyone? Just, I did this. Yeah, yeah. Randall got, got his tattoo colored in. Nice. I had to leave my arm out. Like, <laughs> such a douche. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I like the way your sleeve is rolled up. I feel like we're on the outsiders right now. <laughs> I need to have a cigarette. I was going to say, just have a pack of Marlboro Reds in there. That's what I was thinking. Camel unfiltered. Oh, God. Stay cold, pony boy. Mm -hmm. Anyway. um, We just had dinner and... We did. We stayed in. We ordered Thai food. We had some wine. We did some runes. We did some cards. Mm -hmm. I made an oil. Um, Um, Had a couple altars going. It was was good. I dressed up like Liz Lemon. She nice. was for Halloween. I, AKA, I bought a blue Snuggie <laughs> and had a brick of cheese. Here's the best part about that. Like, I don't know. I know that Liz Lemon is a character from a show, uh-huh. and it's a show that I don't watch, but when she walked into my house with a Snuggie and a brick of cheese, I didn't blink. Sure. <laughs> just like, it's just, cool, she brought cheese. Um, I'll get the crackers. You like. need to get the fuck on 30 Rock, it, first you guys, off. It's my favorite show of all time. It's so funny. Um, but I posted my picture of, I just took a selfie and just was like, working oh, yeah. on my night cheese. And... Uh, I tagged a bunch of people in it, and today NBC reposted it on their own page. Nice, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's awesome. I was like, "Well, I never expected you to see it." So that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, Super cool. Did you get any followers me. from it? I, I, it just happened a couple hours ago, oh, so okay. I don't think. But hopefully, so give us a show. It's fine. It was pretty funny. I was like, "Hey, that's entertaining." But yeah, it was. Easiest and most comfortable Halloween costume in the history of all time because I just literally wore the snuggie for the rest of the evening. <laughs> you did, I did, actually, I did. I, Except when we went to go pick up Thai food. You yeah, it was hard. It was hard to walk in because it's very long, and I am not. No, you're not. Not long. I did. I but then eventually I was like, oh wait, I can just take the ends and tie them behind me. So it's it's a snuggie apron a little bit. 
It has a snake print. It had pockets, which is really exciting. Pockets are good. Yeah. I want a Snuggie now. Like You, you really should that for me. get one. I have an exorbitant amount of blankets. Yeah, but you Snuggies do. hit different. Hey, co-producer Goose on the loose is in the house. Yeah. Hey, guys. She's here. Yeah. Do we have uh, any backhoes? Um... I ordered more stickers. Yes. Uh, because we're out of some of them. So we've got a couple people that um, our patrons knew from last, like a week or two ago, but I haven't sent anything yet because out of some of the stickers that we send. So, so we need they will, they will be saying. coming shortly. The little Word. round ones with the um, with our, the cartoon of us on it. We're oh, out yes. of those. So I got more of those. And I ordered more of the holographic fuck you Bob yeah, stickers. You yes. So everybody likes the fuck you bobs. There, I have plain ones too. Like we've I've had plain fuck you bob stickers for months now. Do you want all about the holographic ones pla- though? But do you want a plain fuck you bob? Right? Hit us up. Let us know. We'll you can buy one. Fuck you, bob. You can have it. Because uh, guess what? Fuck you, Bob. Yeah. Fucking Fuck that guy. Also, we still have some magnets available. Ooh. Um, I have. To, I don't know how many of each. Oh, I've got a story. I do have some. So I have a client, bless her heart, and she, Tara, we love you. Yes. Um, I love her to death. Uh, she's been a client of mine for a long time, and she listens to the show, and she ordered um, her magnet because she listens to our show, and her little mm-hmm. girl, one of her favorite, favorite quotes is Soup's Banoons. And so she has the Soup's Banoons... And she, Tara was telling me that, you know, with this whole online school shit, right, that uh, she actually heard her daughter in online school say soups spanoons <laughs> to somebody. <laughs> Teacher, I don't know. It was fucking awesome. That's oh lovely. My God, that's Delightful. amazing. I said, I'm going to have to tell Randall because that's a Randall quote right that there. It is a Randall soup quote. I said soup spanoons. You, you started soup spanoons. That Jesus was you. Jesus Christ. That you did. That was you. It's quite a while ago. My but memory yeah. is awful. That was you. Uh, it was soups, banoons, and also like soupies, banoonies. Oh, yep. soupies, banoonies. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's something I totally would have said. Yeah, soups, banoons. Um, what else? What Shit. else? What else? <laughs> oh, I found someone that I hate oh, more okay, than Gwyneth on. Paltrow. <gasps> Oh wait, who I sent us the picture? Okay, that was me. Molly did. Who sent you sent the picture of yes. Gwyneth in front of a fucking vagina wall? On no, Halloween? I sent that. I um, sent the coffee that she made her own coffee. Yeah, she made her own coffee. But that was on Halloween. But yes, saying I have. Hang on, I have the photo here somewhere. Hey, hold, please. Oh. Well, Gwyneth before in a I get white pantsuit standing in front of a giant vagina. Yeah, maybe did I delete it? No, I just didn't go back far enough. I have a hundred thousand photos in my phone right now, and it's stressing hey, me out. Hey, Randall. Yeah. Have you seen Beyond the Black Rambo? No. Okay. Apparently, don't. So, yeah. end of review. I'm not going to say wait, wait, don't. Wait, 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 I'm going to say go ahead. Like, here's the thing. I didn't hate it. Because I had so much to say, but I never knew what the fuck was going that on. I did a movie and that came out. The recently. second it ended, I was just like, "Fuck you!" Okay, I can't find it. But stop it. Um, this is also what the fucking today fuck. in the Ghost and Host Squad page. Yes. Someone posted. Uh, let me find it. Another Gwyneth Goop uh, gift. From their website that you can purchase. Hang on, let me fucking find it. While you it. do that, uh, mm-hmm. the person who directed Beyond the Black Rainbow, his name is Panos Cosmatos. Uh huh. Who also did Mandy, 
which is a fucking just what a piece of art that movie is. It's so good. I'm going to go out on a ledge and say that this film was supposed to be, and maybe for some people it is. Uh Uh-huh. I've seen the trailer for this. I could see... I just sat there and said, what the fucking fuck so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks really fucking bonkers for sure. And then the second it started to like get good, within about ten seconds, it was over. Mm, okay. Okay. And I was like, huh. So somebody posted this. Yes. Uh, it is in the ridiculous but awesome gift guide on the Goop page. <laughs> it's an Edie Parker Ouija board. Oh. It actually looks really cool. Um, it is, she is redeeming herself. No. Oh. Uh, so let me re- let me <laughs> read it to She's you. She's about to reverse, reverse goop game us and make, make I us guess. I am going yeah. to. So done in hand poured glitter bombed acrylic, this celestial Ouija board makes for some fun after dinner entertainment. It's best played with the lights turned down, a few flickering candles set out around the room, plus a cocktail or two beforehand. She's a flaxen haired sheet demon. We knew it. I've said it a million forever. times. You have. Um, Call her ass out. Ooh, I've got but, two prices in mind already. Uh huh. Go. How big is it? Ouija, Ouija board, board size, size. So like, like 12, standard. 12 by 18. Okay. Only because I've had to measure them before to get frames. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to tell you the exact dimensions of a Ouija board. The price that jumped out at me immediately was three ninety five. dollars I um, say 180 But I want to go up to like 1100 because what? I've seen what she does. That yeah, is fair. Which horrible person. So you said how many? 180 180 I'm going to stick with 395. I feel like I'm lowballing now. You are. Fuck. Uh, you, your 1100 was close. <gasps> really? Cl- closer. Like 1995. Fuck off. 1000. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Fuck off. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Or four whoa. interest free payments of $498.75 <laughs> with Afterpay. <laughs> so. You stupid cunt. No, yeah. no, no. This is a $1,995 like, is... Ouija board? Okay, I mean, no, what? No. If you know how no. to work with acrylic nope. or even resin, you could easily make your own. I will. But for not I... two grand. It's so. offensive. And I don't get offended. She's so offensive. At some point, I'm going to save up some money. <laughs> I'm going to buy something like that Kay. from her. okay. And, and then, then I'm going to go to John's brother okay. and have him make me one. Okay. And then see what the difference in cost is. Why aren't we doing that now? Uh, because I don't have two grand to drop on a Ouija board. Fair. Okay, why aren't we having point. John's brother make a shit now? Because he's busy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's resin. It's easy to do. I could do one. See? We're going we're yeah. gonna to get weird. We're going to um, make our dining room like a production line. That's We're going to put the young'uns to work. Yeah, girl, Child labor. There ain't Look, somebody's going to call. Uh, <laughs> Look. Call on me, see what happens, fuck around and find out. But. Don't you quote those pieces of shit. <laughs> Don't you do that. Uh, Who are we as, as heinous. As heinous. No. Fuck around, find out. That's totally a Proud Boy thing. Oh, okay. Well, look, I don't know. I don't follow that shit. I know you don't. Fuck no. around and find out is also a witchcraft thing, so. Fair. Yeah, they, they have appropriated basically every single fucking thing. So oh, yeah. Okay. Aside sense. aside from that, 
That's no, no, monstrous. no, more of this. No, no, I mean, I, I have goop pulled up. I can do another one. Oh, Jesus, fuck, I can't. But, uh, no, this this past week has made me realize there is someone I hate more than Gwyneth Paltrow. Because Gwyneth Paltrow, really, I don't hate her. She just disappoints me. Yeah. Um. Well, she's an extortionist. Yeah, exactly. Is. There it's, it is, yeah. But Kim Kardashian. Oh, oh. no. Okay. Yeah. All right, we're going there. I... Just I mean, I feel like that's a can't. given. Oh, I know what you're going to do. And well, it's especially amazing. after <laughs> her fucking birthday fiasco where she's like, oh, I quarantined everybody for two weeks and took everyone to a private island. I'm like, Kim, nobody fucking cares what you did for your 40th birthday. No, nope. we don't 40 need. Now? Yeah. Huh? Like, nobody needs to see that you're jet setting to a fucking private island during a pandemic with you and your closest thousand friends. Nope. So I need you to fuck off forever. Yep. Isn't it? So was forever. it actually a thousand people? No. I don't know how many okay. people it was because I know it wasn't. Don't. Scientifically. Care. And this will probably make what she did really fucking stupid based on how many people she brought. Scientifically, people can only have close relationships with about 120 <laughs> people at a time. That's still too much. It's a lot. That's a lot. So, like, to have, if she brought 200 people, what the fuck is the point? It's, right? There is, number one, no point. Um, <coughs> coronavirus. But also, like, just the her commentary on it I was like you do realize that I just had to quote her own sister at her I'm like people there are him there are people that are dying can you please just choke on a hundred thousand dicks and die because you're the worst also Kanye West managed to get a birthday message hologram from Kim's father her dead father for her birthday I'm like why do you keep posting these things? You are not relatable, Kimberly. Kimberly. Nobody used her full name. You have to understand that people right now and also all the time will never, like there are so many people that will never see the amount of money you spent on your birthday trip in their entire lives. Now is not the time. It, it, have a fun birthday trip. Nobody needs to see it. Nobody cares. People are losing their homes, their jobs, their lives. Nobody gives a fuck that you're 40 and you're on a private island with the hologram of your dead father talking about <laughs> the fa- like sharing family jokes about queefs. That is not a joke. That really happened in the audio message of the- and also the hologram called Kanye West. He said that he was very proud of Kim and that she married huh. a very special genius of a man. Sure, sure, Well, that's because sure. he paid for it. Exactly. So of but course like, it said that. The room. I feel like Kim. it wouldn't have Kim can't read! <laughs> <laughs> it's like the meme of Arthur where it's like he just posts a sign and it's like says whatever and it's like, well, that won't stop me because I can't read is... Was it DW? DW from Arthur. From Arthur. Now that we've called so. out Kim Kardashian's illiteracy, she can. <laughs> Is she illiterate? No. no. Oh, okay. I was going to well, say. She said, read, she said, read the room. And I said, she can't right, read. Right. Okay. She's, um, she's like in law school. I'm pretty sure she can read. She passed her LSATs or she paid for them either way. Yeah. She probably paid for it them. It wouldn't shock me if she was illiterate. That's more the, mm. the point. So, um, anyhow. Also. Oh, we have more. Just one more. Okay. It's a little sad. Oh, come on. Um, 
but I've had all the sad I think I can take. Yeah, well, too bad. Uh, <laughs> that's too bad. If I'm sad, you're going to shit. Because it's happening. Uh, and it, They didn't say exactly when it happened, but uh, Fred and Rosemary West's son, he, their youngest son, uh, just recently died at 40. Oh, God, um, that's young. Very, because he spent his whole life tormented by it, because he witnessed a lot his of sister's yeah. murder. And so he was addicted to drugs for most of his life. Uh, and I believe it was an accidental overdose. Not well. Yeah. No. So I was like, well, that is very sad. But I was like, oh, it was a bummer. I'm like, that's really, I'm just, they're still managing to get people. I'm like, oh, but he was not. He didn't really care when his dad killed himself in prison. He's like, good, he's a fucking monster. Yeah, fair. So. Which is not wrong. But yeah, I was like, oh, I thought I would update that because I did their story. All right. Well, I go first, yeah? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, so I have nothing even remotely close to a fucking bummer this week. Today, I don't either. I'm going somewhat more educational. Mm. Oh. As I tend to do. It's a thing I like to do, you know. Sure. You look like you have doubts. We'll see. <laughs> Education. Ed- educate people on shit. Right? <laughs> Those sounds. I like, I like whatever you have done to yourself today to bring you to this state. It's very fun for me. Anyway. What are you educating me on today? I didn't say I was going to educate you. Good, because I would refuse. I, I can't. fucking leave? I can't read. I can't read. Anyhow. on one, and I'm here for it. Anyhow. I love you, Dave. I love you, too. Today, I'm going to talk about Anton LaVey and the Church of Satan. Oh, shit. Nice. Right? Fuck yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That fucking see? guy. That fucking see? fucking guy. And for supplemental information, check out Hail Satan on Hulu. So, Anton Sandor LaVey is probably the most known Satanist of the 20th century. He was the founder of the Church of Satan and Levian Satanism. The Church of Satan was the first public, highly visible organization of its kind. Hmm. Anton LaVey wrote five books, The Satanic Bible, The Satanic Rituals, The Satanic Witch, The Devil's Notebook, and Satan Speaks. He released three albums, The Satanic Mass, Strange Music, You Haven't Making a Face. I know, I'm just trying, I'm picturing Anton LaVey in my head, but also as like... I don't even know for some reason he's got a banjo, and I don't know why. <laughs> oh, he doesn't, and I'll get to what he's got, because I, it's even fucking worse. Is it a sitar? I, a nope. lute. Nope. I'm ready. Nope. 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 The nope. theremin? Nope. nope. Damn it. Just, okay. Okay. But my favorite album, Satan Takes a Holiday. Yes. Okay. So Anton was a technical advisor and had a small role in the 1975 film The Devil's Reign. He also claimed to have been technical advisor and play the devil in Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Mm. But that didn't actually happen. See, Anton LaVey was also incredibly eccentric and kind of a fucking liar. Mm. So historian of Satanism, Gareth J. Medway, called Anton LaVey a born showman. He had a flair for the dramatic and was a fantastical bullshitter. So... We're going to take some of this with many, many grains of salt because most of it all comes from him. Actually, there's not a lot out there about him That's not other funny. than his own 
words about himself. Right. Mm. Right. Um, Now, there is a difference between the Church of Satan and the Satanic Temple, Mm -hmm. and they are not down with each other. The Satanic Temple views the Church of Satan as antiquated and inactive, Mm -hmm. and the Church of Satan views themselves as the one and only true Satanic faith. I could do an entire story on the differences alone, but today we're just going to talk about the OG Satanist himself and how it all came about. Mm-hmm. So, born Howard Stanton LeVay, spelt L-E-V-E-Y, he was born April 11th, 1930, in Chicago, Illinois, to parents Michael and Gertrude LeVay. Michael was from Georgia, the country, not the state, and Gertrude was from the Ukraine. They both immigrated to the U.S. in 1893, and the family moved to California and lived in the Bay Area, which is where Anton grew up. He was very musically inclined, which his parents supported, and he played many instruments, but focused more on the pipe organ and the calliope. Those make sense. And if you don't know what a calliope is, look it up. And you'll recognize the sound once you hear it. And for me, it's creepy as fuck and totally horrifying and can nope all the fucking way off. It's creepy clown music. Yeah. 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 And it can fuck all the way off along with the hurdy-gurdy and the theremin. The theremin is wonderful. You guys need to calm down. No, I love the theremin. So, anyhow, Anton went to Tamil Pius High in Mill Valley until 16 when he supposedly left to join the circus. Where he he said he played the calliope and was a cage boy for the big cats. Huh. A journalist would later investigate LeVay's background and never found any evidence of this to be true. Um, but who the fuck knows? So in 1948, Anton worked in bars, lounges, and nightclubs playing the organ, which he must have been pretty good at because he got lots of gigs all over California. I wonder how many organ players there were at the time, though. Whether he was good or they're just like, we need somebody to play the organ. This is the only guy that showed right? up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but according to Anton, while he was playing at a Los Angeles burlesque house called the Mayan Theater... LeVay claimed to have had an affair with a dancer named Norma Jean Mortensen. We would all eventually come to know her as Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Now, this story would also be denied by R- Monroe's friends, as well as the manager of the Mayan, who said she never danced for him, and the Mayan actually was not a burlesque house. So again, grains of salt. In 1950... Uh, he was living back in San Francisco where he met a girl named Carol Lansing. And I say girl because she was 14 years old. Ooh, that sounds about right. They were married in 1951. She was 15. And their daughter Carla was born in 1952. Anton studied criminology at City College and got a job with the San Francisco PD as a photographer. And oddly enough, he also was a psychic investigator looking into cases referred to to him by the SFPD. Oh, this fucking guy. Shockingly, this claim cannot also not be substantiated. <laughs> he so, feels like one of those guys that's just like, I'm going to write my own biography, and guess what? I'm putting whatever I want. It's like a... Anton LaVey was a theater kid gone wild. It's like his own Wikipedia page that yeah. he like signed off on. Right. Like He edited 100%. it, put everything in it, and he's like, yeah, that totally happened. Yeah. Nobody like can a, say it didn't. He sounds like a complete narcissist. Yes. Yeah. 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 Straight up. So Anton and Carol got a divorce in 1960 after he met and fell for a woman named Diane Hegarty. 
They would never marry, but would be together for 24 years, and she would co-found the Church of Satan with him. Diane would also bear his second daughter, Zena Galatea LaVey. Okay. So, here we are, early 60s. Oh, did I mention that Carla had a kid? No. His first wife had a kid named Carla? I did. There it is. Born in 1952. Yeah. Just making sure. You did. You did. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Is my brain? (laughs) I'm like rolling on autopilot here. I'm like, wait, did I say those words? I did. Yes. I did. Yes. So, Zena Galatea LaVey. So, it's the early 60s and Anton was doing his paranormal research and playing the organ at bars because organ music was apparently the shit. And he was a bit of a cult of personality. People were super into him. He drove a corners van, had a black leopard named Zoltan that he would walk around the city. Fuck yeah. Now, what did Tiger, <laughs> right? But what did Tiger King teach us, y'all? That's not a, a oh, there's big, some sinister shit at Big play. cat people <laughs> are weird. Yeah. Big cat people are usually pretty terrible. Big the, cat people. The organ in the calliope should have given that away weird. to anybody else before the fucking leopard. Right. Been like. I mean, like, he's good, but this guy's fucking weird. Like, oh, he's got a leopard, too. Oh, boy. Right? You know what? Right. Anton was getting deeper into the paranormal and the occult. He began hosting Friday night get-togethers at his home at 6114 California Street, which would also come to be known as the Black House. Now, I grew up in the Bay Area, and as a teenager, it was like a real cool thing to, like, drive by Anton LaVey's house. We used to do that shit all the time. Um, anyway, so he would do this with friends and people who were into his vibe, and he called the group the Order of the Trapezoid. And one night, one of his followers came to him and said that he actually had a good basis for a new religion. Anton was like, hell yeah, I do. (laughs) So on April 30th, 1966, pick up sticks, which (laughs) is... You were so happy to do that. The water boy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Which I just is got that. Okay. <laughs> Walpurgisnacht. He ritualistically shaved his head. Uh-huh. He said that was in the tradition of ancient executioners, but really turns out he lost a bet. <laughs> and he announced the beginning <laughs> of the Church of Satan, proclaiming 1966 as year one AS, Anno Santanas, instead uh. of Anno. Domini. Right. Um, now, some of y'all are probably wondering what Walpurgisnacht is and why he would have chosen that specific date. Well, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to give you the real fucking condensed version. It's a night honoring St. Walpurga in Germany. She was canonized on May 1st, 870. She was the saint, among other things like rabies and pests, put an end to witches. Yeah, I think I mentioned her when I talked you about... Fucking L Hubs. Yep. And yep. His fucking buddy that we're all about, Anton LaVey. Uh huh. And um, Jack Parsons. Yep. That's it. But May 1st. That fucking guy. Right? May 1st is also uh, May Day. So it allowed pagans who were still practicing their faith secretly to celebrate without anyone being the wiser. So now, in modern times, it's actually a night that celebrates witches. So hit the googs for more if you're so inclined, but I'm going to move on. Anton LaVey was now quite the local celebrity in San Francisco, and he would hold public rituals at nightclubs as well as the Black House, which is where he ran the church out of. 
Um, but the public rituals that he would hold at nightclubs had topless witches, a hot babe in a bikini. As, babe! Yeah, sorry. as the executioner. So like sorry. He was super theatrical <laughs> about it. The Los Angeles Times and the San Francisco Chronicle both wrote articles dubbing him the Black Pope. LeVay had performed the first ever recorded satanic baptism in history on his three-year-old daughter, Zena, and it's on his album, The Satanic Mass. As he gained more followers, he was performing baptisms left and fucking right, as well as presiding over satanic wedding ceremonies. So, from 1966 to 1967, Anton was a daily visitor to a home at 1198 Fulton Street, also known as the Westerfield House. This oh, is where see, you look none too thrilled right now. Right? <laughs> okay, so but this is where uh, the underground occult filmmaker Kenneth Anger lived. Kenneth made several movies, but most people into the occult will know of his specifically two films, Lucifer Rising and The Invocation of My Demon Brother. Kenneth was also one of the first openly gay filmmakers and was, I'll assume, still is, because he's very much alive in 90-fucking-three, um, a devotee of Aleister Crowley. Mm. So, Anton LaVey was a regular at the house because they would have daily rituals in the home. Um, they would have them in the uh, ballroom down on the main floor, as well as in the attic, where there was a big pentagram on the floor. They had removed the ceiling so that they could see the stars and UFOs and, and get weird and shit. Metal. Right? Um, so he was also in Anger's film, Invocation of My Demon Brother, uh, which was filmed at the home as well as a theater on Hate Street. The music for the film was composed by Mick Jagger. Huh. See, Mick, Keith Richards, Jimmy Page, and Marianne Faithful were also regulars at the Westerfield house, which tells me there was a lot of heroin going on up in that house. Lots of heroin. Right? Uh... And on a darker note, probably also some shit going on with teenage girls. Well, we've been through this. It was yes, probably. Pro- I mean, Jimmy Page being there. Jimmy Page liked him young, but I'm sorry. Yeah, no. So uh, Kenneth did also have a roommate that was also in Invocation of My Demon Brother, um, and his name was Bobby Beausoleil. Now. That name doesn't ring a bell for you. It should give you the goosebumps every fucking where. I'm going to tell you who the fuck Bobby Beausoleil is. Bobby was eventually a member of the Manson family and was convicted of the first of the Manson murders, which was the murder of Gary Hinman. So you, y'all want to guess who else was a regular at the Westerfield house? Charles Manson. Charlie fucking Manson. In fact, that is where Bobby first met Charlie, and and when Charlie took off to go down south to L.A., Bobby left to go with him. Side note, Bobby was convicted and sent to prison in 1969, but he still composed the music for Kenneth Anger's 1972 film, Lucifer Rising, which he all did from prison. So, the Westerfield house is also supposedly haunted, weird, I don't know why, hmm. and was investigated by our homies over at Ghost Adventures, if you want to check it out. Um, anyway, I think it is safe to say that Anton LaVey was also acquainted with Charles Manson. He had to have been. He was there every fucking day. And Charlie was there a lot. Which makes me wonder, did Charlie maybe 
take some lessons from Anton in terms of Most what likely. it's like to be a cult of personality and what it's like oh, to sure. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, it would make the most sense also because he was. I mean, he was a turd always, right? But if you want to learn that like king turd shit level nonsense, you're gonna have to find someone to learn it from uh-huh. to hone your bullshit. Your turdiness. So that would make the most sense of all. Something to consider. Mm -hmm. So as the 60s wore on and into the 70s, uh, things started to shift a bit. Anton started to rework and rewrite some of the ideology and ritual practices of the church. And some of the followers began to stray a bit. I think that some of them started to realize that above all, Anton was more about the show and the theatrics. So he also started offering higher degrees of initiation for a price a la Scientology. And I think some of his followers wanted something more than costumes and pageantry. This was also the time that one of his highest-ranking members and the editor of his newsletter, Michael Aquino, left the Church of Satan and started his own called the Temple of Set. See, according to Aquino, he did a ritual to actually invoke Satan, whom he said revealed to him a sacred text, as well as his real name, which is Set. Now, I'm just going to pause here for a moment and tell you. Google Michael Aquino, because I'm going to guarantee you that is not somebody that you would actually look at and be like, huh. I, he, you, he could walk into a restaurant down the street, into a fucking Walgreens, and you'd walk by him and not th- think anything. Right. The man, not that. I think most people have a preconceived notion of what a Satanist would look like. Oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Anton LaVey. This is a decorated military manual. Oh. Uh. So, Google him, take a look, and just go, huh. huh. Interesting. <laughs> Are you looking it up? Yeah. Show me with my eyes. Why right? does he have those weird eyebrows, though? Like, what's going on there? Well, I think maybe that's that's his telltale sign. Like, hey, I'm into some weird shit. It's all about my eyebrows. It's like, oh, that guy's wrong. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) Those eyebrows. Mm -mm. That guy believes in the devil. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) shit. You check out that guyy's eyebrows. (laughs) Right? Those are amazing. She's showing the photo. It's like he's cutting goats up. You got to show Randall. He's adorable like a grandpa. Okay. Like a a silly-eyebrowed grandpa. Yeah. Yeah. In a beret. What? Sir, I like it. So in 1980, the FBI actually interviewed LeVay in an alleged plot to murder Ted Kennedy. They did not find any connection. And um, by this time, you know, Anton was like kind of over it all. And Mm -mm. he just flat out told the FBI his church followers were cultists, fanatics, and weirdos. In July of 1984, Anton's girlfriend, Diane Hegarty, filed a restraining order against him, which he did not contest, because guess what? He had one in the wings. Blanche Barton. Mm. And when Diane left her role as high priestess, the title went to her daughter, Zena, and she would hold the position until her resignation in 1990, and then the title went to Anton's eldest daughter, Carla. On November 1st, 1993, Blanche would give birth to Anton's only son, Satan Xerxes Karnaki LeVay. Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. That's a mouthful. Right. And on October 29th, 1997, Anton Zandor LeVay died of respiratory failure at the age of 67. Ironically, at St. Mary's Medical Center, which is a Catholic hospital, (laughs) 
<laughs> which he was taken to because it was the closest. Literally, the moment Anton died, Blanche Barton proclaimed herself high priestess. Carla had, however, not abdicated her title. Uh-oh. Right. Uh, a secret invitation-only satanic funeral was held, and Anton was then cremated. On November 7th, Carla held a press conference announcing the death of her father, as well as announcing that her and Blanche would be running the Church of Satan as co-priestesses. I'm going to guess that there was quite the power struggle there, because a few days later, Blanche came up with a handwritten will that claimed that Anton had left literally everything, the church, his belongings, property, writings, and royalties, to their son Satan. That just sounds... I know. I That all, sounds like a hilarious right. sitcom. All of, <laughs> all, right? But all of which was to be put into a trust managed by, guess who? Blanche. Ooh. Right. Carla, of course, contested the bullshit will, and it was found to be invalid. A settlement was eventually reached that split everything between Anton's three children, but Blanche would get the church. Carla said, fuck you, and started her own church called the First Satanic Church on October 31st, 1999. Right around the time of her father's death, Zena came out with um, quite the statement basically proclaiming most of everything her father ever said was complete and utter bullshit. Ah. Right. So Anton had lost the Black House on California Street in 1991 after the financial strain of his split with Diane Haggerty in 1999. Blanche tried to raise money to buy it back. She was not successful, and the home was demolished in October of 2001 to build a fucking duplex. <laughs> there goes my childhood. Fuck. Rude. Yeah, that's we used to drive by his house all the time. It was like the thing to do. Oh, I'm going to buy Anton LaVey's house. So... Now, here's the thing about LaVey and Satanism, okay? Anton LaVey didn't believe in Satan, okay? He didn't believe in Satan as a supernatural being, but as an example of enlightenment, pride, and carnality. So, essentially, hedonism. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Satanism is about. Yeah. Satanism has not shit all to do with devil worship. TST is the same way. Okay? Yeah. yeah. And I will get there. Yeah. Um, Anton didn't believe... In any religion, other than the one he made up. And I don't think he, in the end, he even believed in that anymore. Um, he was an atheist. So Anton LaVey was a showman above all things. He had a flair for drama, and he was eccentric as fuck. There is no devil worship in Satanism, which is surprising to a lot of fucking people yeah. because of the name. Um, and if you're curious, I would encourage you to go to the Satanic Temple's website. And read their seven tenets, yep. and they may actually surprise you because they make all the sense in the mm -hmm. fucking world. Yep. Nick used to say it all the time. All the time. Yep. Like, I feel like in almost every single yep. episode. Why well, <laughs> he would read the seven tenets? No, he would just say, <laughs> well, go read them. Yeah, producer um, Nick was a member of. Oh, he's a TST member? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. And he would just be like, read the tenets. And, and I have, and I did, and they make sense. They're great. Mm -hmm. They're fantastic. It, like, it's. Common sense. Yeah. Which, that's the thing. It's, it's you know, being a Satanist sounds so scary. It's, it is. It's, yeah, it does. It's and it's not. because of the Satanic panic that it sounds so scary because people were... Well, and here's the thing. It's like, I mean, maybe choose a different name, but I guess I, I get what it, it... It's it's more about being anti-establishment, anti-Christianity. So what right. are you going to go with? Yeah, you have to go with the antithesis of Christianity. It, the antithesis, yeah. absolutely, of Christianity. So, um... And if, okay, the satanic, yep, 
Seven Tenants. So I'm going to leave you all, though, with a couple quotes from the OG Satanist himself. One of them. If you're going to be a sinner, be the best sinner on the block. Which I really feel in my heart. Yeah. And the atheist complains about the wind. The Christian prays for it to change. The Satanist adjusts the sails. Hmm. That is the story of Anton LaVey and the beginning of the Church of Satan. Very nice. Yeah. So I could, and here's the interesting thing. So the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan, they're not down with each other. Right. At all, in any way, shape, and or form. It is my personal opinion that without one, you couldn't have the other. I mean, maybe you could, but... I would say in a specific order. I, he he was the OG. He yeah. was the start of it. He mm-hmm. was the one that actually made it an on-the-books real thing. Um, and the Church of Satan is not down with the Satanic Temple because the Satanic Temple is very political yeah. in the things that they do. And yeah. the things that they do, I think, are fucking wonderful. The Church of Satan... They're completely apolitical. They're completely, I mean, they're they're atheists, right. and it's it, it isn't about. I I don't even know it, when you're atheist if religion is even the right word, or is. But um, it's all fucking fascinating to me, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, the Satanic Temple, which is in Salem, Massachusetts, yes. we were there. We went and checked it. Out. It was closed. Yeah, it was yeah. sad. <laughs> but uh, we'll go back. We'll go again. Yes. Um. I'm super down with it. I'm super into it. And I mean, I could I could do an entire story on the differences between the two, but what's mm-hmm. really interesting as I was reading through all of them is there are differences, but they're so tweaked. Uh-huh. That I'm like, is it though? Right. Is it really though? They're 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 both doing the same thing in different packages is what it is. It's just so the the differences are they're so minuscule, really. Right? It's like really most are. religions. Um, to add to that, I said it at the very beginning, but I'm going to say it again. On Hulu, there is a wonderful documentary called Hail Satan mm-hmm. about the Satanic Temple. Yeah. And they address what their differences are uh, with the Church of Satan. They talk about all of their community work that they've been doing. Yes. And the struggles that they have had within to make sure that certain chapters across the country aren't going to the place where people think of when they think of Satanism. Because, like, I think it was the chapter in, it was either Chicago or Detroit, the leader there went kind of nuts yeah. and started mm-hmm. doing, like, violent, really, really violent, destructive uh, demonstrations. And the the heads of TST were just like, hey, so <laughs> fucking stop it. Hey, right? buddy. Yeah. Could you not? Yeah, could you, could you not do exactly what we're trying to get away from? Right. Um, well, because that's the thing. It's, it's the name itself, you know, it yeah. it invokes a, a feeling within people or a thought or an assumption, um, which f- the name fair, but that's also kind of the point too, right? But it, it all of that leads back to the satanic panic. Exactly. It does, which was an absolute horseshit movement that cost people's lives very unnecessarily. Yeah. The theistic view of Satan is completely different than Satanism. Yes, absolutely. 100 fucking percent. Absolutely. You know, Satanism itself is like, hey, don't be a dick. Yeah, that's basically what it is. That's Right? Pretty much. Hey, 
you know what? Don't be a dick. Don't Satanism, be a dick. Take care of each other. TST specifically, because that's the one I know a little bit more about. TST specifically teaches all of the things that the Bible or that Christians claim the Bible actually teaches. Right. Hold on, I'm just gonna pull it up real quick. The seven tenets. Yep. Yeah, you I'm should. Just, I'm gonna do it. They're I'm amazing. Just, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. All right. So the seven fundamental tenets of the Satanic Temple. One. One should strive to act with compassion and empathy toward all creatures in accordance with reason. Yep. Okay. Two. The struggle for justice is an ongoing and necessary pursuit that should prevail over laws and institutions. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Three. One's body is in... Oh, this word. Inviolable. Thank you. Subject to one's own will alone. Do what the fuck you want with your body. Right. The freedoms of others... Oh, wait. Four. The freedoms of others should be respected, including the freedom to offend. To willfully and unjustly encroach upon the freedoms of another is to forego one's own. Five. Beliefs should conform to one's best scientific understanding of the world. One should take care never to distort scientific facts to fit one's beliefs. Six. People are fallible. If one makes a mistake, one should do one's best to rectify it and resolve any harm that might have been caused. Mm-hmm. Seven. Every tenant is a guiding principle designed to inspire nobility in action and thought. The spirit of compassion, wisdom, and justice should always prevail over the written or spoken word. Correct. Now, that makes a whole lot of fucking yeah, sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Right? <laughs> Right? So, you know, hey, uh, next time you're in Salem, Mass, go. Go they're, to the, yeah, go to the Satanic Temple. They're also everywhere. They, they are. They yes. are everywhere. They are. They're go, open. If, They've got places all over. Go check Church out their chapter. Check them out, too. Go to their websites. Check mm-hmm. them out. They're, they're not. They're not bad. Not only are they not bad people, they are the people that are holding the true values and goals for what humanity should look like. Right. You know, they're not. Offering goats and blood no. and they're actually, sacrifices. They do a and ton of community outreach. They really do. Mm-hmm. In the documentary, they talk about how... Especially the Satanic Temple. Yes. They're um, very, very political. Th- but that's that's the main difference between the two is because the Church of Satan originally thinks that they you should be apolitical. Right. Where it, but it's, it's, other than that, it's such a slim difference. That's really it. But I think like TST is really only political because they are politicized. You know what I mean? Like they want to do, fair. they want to do, they actually did it. There was a, it happened in Portland a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and it's in the documentary where uh, TST members were going to elementary schools to do reading clinics mm-hmm. and the parents were like, fuck you, get out of here. And they're like, we're just teaching kids how to read yeah. right? and reading them stories. Like this is, it, that's all this is. Yeah. Um, and that's the kind of stuff they do, but because all of their actions are politicized, they are kind of forced to be political. Fair. Fair. I can see that. Fair. I guess the only really political action I've seen them do is when they're trying to force uh, the Baphomet statues yeah. into different major cities. That's definitely political, but other than that, it's all like community outreach. Yeah, they do a lot of community yeah. outreach, so... Yeah. Uh, my sources today are a Wikipedia, as always. Many fucking Wikipedias. Always. Rollingstone.com, Eric Hedgard. Ooh. Hoodline.com, Stephen Jackson. IndieWire.com, Rodrigo Perez. 
factinate.com, nobody, thetempleofsatan.com, <laughs> thechurchofsatan.com, and filmdaily.com, Bethany Wade. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, I could have gone on and on and on and on about, you know, the religion itself, but essentially, in, in for Anton LaVey and LaVey and Satanism, it was really truly just about theatrics and hedonism yeah but he's got some fucking amazing quotes he really really does he really does and i just think that he was above all a showman that just got bored at the end and said fuck yeah. it i'm done yeah. just like Meh, i had yeah. my fun yeah and you know a, a lot of some of his followers were like actually we really really kind of wanted to do it in uh, this religion form yeah. And he was like, no, I just want you to run around in bikinis. Let's get weird. Where's your leash? Let's go fucking party. It's like, give me my fucking organ, man. Right? I mean, the where's costumes my, that he my wore with his little horns and his capes and everything he did was so over-the-top theatrical. But if you think about it, the 60s, you're coming off of World War II, right? You're coming off of the late 40s and the 50s and the 50s, I mean... In Korea. Gee, pops and fucking sodas and ice cream socials. Mayberry. <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> but then you move into the 60s and people wanted to get weird. The kids wanted to get fucking weird and they did. Yeah. Under the Red Scare. Right? So, so they wanted to get weird. They wanted to do drugs. They wanted to be into the occult. Yeah. I mean, Fair. Mick Jagger, Marianne Faithful, Jimmy Page, Keith Richards. It's They wanted to be weird. They wanted to be weird as fucking possible, mainly to just to piss off their parents. Yeah. Part of me now wonders that I know that Keith Richards was part of this. Be like, maybe they really did sell their souls to the actual devil because how were they still shambling around? <laughs> Specifically sure. Keith, Keith Richards. Richards. I don't know that he's not uh, not alive. I think he might be. Right? It's like, one of uh, Robin Williams' best stand-up jokes from his 2001 special. He's like, I'm convinced at the end of the world it's going to be Keith Richards and four cockroaches. He's going to look down. <laughs> he's going to look down at one of the cockroaches and go, I smoked your uncle. Did you know that? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, pretty much. So that would would make all the sense. Be yeah. like, Keith, I'm certain you've died at least nineteen times. <laughs> oh, easily. <laughs> easily nineteen times. Easily. So there had to have been some kind of handshake deal with the devil. Oh, straight somehow. Up. Straight up. Keep him just shambling around. Yeah. Like, yeah. sir, what? How? And what? Fair. So I'm, I'm assuming that most people that listen to our show wouldn't be judgmental about someone that says, hi, I'm a Satanist, or if they've got, you know, an inverted cross in their house, or which I just learned about. Um, but, uh, yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Especially, I mean, after Nick, again, talked about it for, what, I know, I almost 20, wanted to dedicate this to him, episodes? but I don't think he even listens. So. <laughs> I was going to be like, Producer Nick, this one's for you. I was like, well, he doesn't fucking listen. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he will if we tell him this one So this one happened. He'd be like, hey, I'm so excited. Yeah. I'll be like, but it's about Anton LaVey. He'd be like, oh, that fucking guy. Oh, he hates LaVey he and Satanism. He, he is straight up, you know, temple of Satan. Yeah. Satanic temple. The Satanic I, temple. T yep. I know what you meant. I know Words. You know what I meant. Yes. Thank you. You're Words. Welcome. It's the Church of Satan and the Satan. It's a lot of the yeah. word Satan and it just all yeah. gets jumbled together at some point. I don't know how many times I said the word Satan. The and Satan are repeated. A, a lot. lot. 
Somebody count. Don't. It will no. take. Take a <laughs> shot take every a time. Oh, you no. you will die. You will. That's too many shots. Too many shots. That's too roll many shots. A, roll out in a three too point. Many shots. <laughs> too many shots. <laughs> it's like shots, the, shots, shots. That song. One time I was very bored, and I'm like, I wonder how many times they say shots. And I think I counted seventy two oh, shots, shots, shots. Yeah, shots. I think oh, it was. Yeah. I think I counted seventy two in like however many like two and a half minutes. So I was like, oh my god, if you had to take a shot for every time they said you would be dead, that is Why too didn't you many. Google it. I didn't. I was just. I the song was on. Oh, Do you fair. know what other song that would kill you is that John Mayer song? Say what you need to say. How many times does he say that? And the only reason I know this is because in the salon it was like on the playlist of the fucking bullshit back in the day. We used to get the like the CDs because you uh-huh. couldn't play. You had to play the mm-hmm. yeah. Muzak CDs and it was always on there. And that fucking Say What You Need to Say song. Good God, bro. Like maybe come up with you. A better song. Maybe you should just say what you need to say, John Mayer, because clearly it. you're not saying it. <laughs> not at fucking right all. Can he say what he needs to say in one song so we can all just be done with it? It's in one song. It's just say what you need to say no, five thousand fucking times. Overall, but nobody. Yeah. But you know what? You never know what he needed to say. Exactly. I don't ever want to know what he needs to say. No, he has a like big him. head, giant. Dome. In many ways, too. He has got a huge <laughs> dome, I literally saw, and figuratively. I actually saw him in a bar one night when I was in L.A. <laughs> He's got a giant head. You know who else has a giant dome? Who? Fergie. Does she? She does. I used to work for a radio station, and I met her once, and she was very nice, but she's very, very tiny. She's like with just a big head, just a huge head. It yeah. made it her hair the way she had it styled the night probably didn't help. It was like super flat, so I think that just made it look even bigger. Uh-huh. But yeah, her body is teeny, teeny, tiny, and it just her head just looked enormous. But she what was a very big nice. Old fucking dome. It was. I was like, oh. Well, that was unexpected. Huh. I have to say, I'm kind of excited for what you have because I want to know if you took my suggestion. Not this week. Okay. I was going to, actually. Oh God, he gave a suggestion. He did. I did. I was watching. So, do you want me to say what, what oh, it was? I don't care. Okay. I was watching uh, a YouTube channel called Biographics. It's one dude who does these pretty good, in depth biographic like video essays. Cool. And he mentioned uh, this. It was a maritime myth called the Sea Witch of Bellingham. Oh. And I was like, and he talked about it very quickly and was really fucking cool. Uh, It's a lady gets thrown in jail and just fucking mercilessly tortured. And the day before she's supposed to be executed, uh, a man in a black suit and a top hat and a cane approaches her cell, uh, hands her a contract to sign, and she sells her soul to the devil. Um, to survive, but then she ends up being the sea witch and just kills a bunch of fucking sailors. It's really dope. And I started thinking about, like, in the time that I've been your producer, I haven't heard you guys do a whole lot of maritime lore. No. Just the one. I think. Yeah, just... Uh, and I feel like there's a whole lot of it out there. Terrible Tilly. Yeah. It was a haunted lighthouse in Tillamook. Yeah, I think that's the only one. Yeah, I was just randomly walking to my closet the other day, and I've got a bookshelf <laughs> in my room. And I was like, I just looked up, and I was like, "Huh, Scotland's horrible witches? What?" <laughs> and then I pulled it down, and I realized I've got this book that my friend Dave brought me back from fucking Scotland about all of Scotland's witches. And I started thumbing through, and I was like, "Oh, so many really, ideas! Really I have things." One. I've got some things. You, you, you guys wrote the the um, 
the the dungeon things that are around major cities. It's like a little vignette, well, almost like haunted house vignettes. What are you talking like about? Like London has one, oh. Edinburgh has one. Oh, the like the tour that you walk yeah, through. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Scotland's got one. And yeah, there's, there's a witch in there. The just like the London dun- the London dungeon. The, yeah, the London dungeon. Oh, okay. Edin- yeah, they have. I I can't remember what story I was doing, but. It was in, I think, Ireland, and they have one there, too. Uh, or maybe it was one in Scotland. I don't know. But I was like, oh, I didn't know they had another one. I didn't know it was like a Yeah, it's a thing. thing. It's like a chain. I did not realize yeah. that. The London dungeon is fun. So, yeah, I might have to get weird on Scottish very, witches soon. Please do. But, yeah, it was very interactive, especially when you're walking through... Uh, London during the plague, and it smells oh, like London during sure. the plague. Oh no! Does yeah. it really? Yeah. Oh, does it stink? Yeah. Oh good. Uh, they're like, because uh, the all the tour guides are dressed up and you know acting accordingly, and um, they're taking you through like all the horrible things that happened in London. Fun. It was fun. Horrible. I need a time machine. Well, I was gonna say we should just go to there, but also because it will eventually be easier than a time machine. But also, yes, to that too. Yeah, but yeah, so. there's one uh, one scene uh, with Jack the Ripper, which was really cool. <gasps> mm-hmm. uh, anyway. the, in Edinburgh, the two the two that stood out are uh, the Sonny Beans family. Oh uh, yeah, we well, already did the Sonny Beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, you were here. That's was. <laughs> Agnes Finney. Oh, okay. Okay. But yeah, that's that's how I found that there was another Sonny one because Sonny Bean. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm I was get, like, I'm why did I know that? Weird on Scottish witches soon. Thanks, Dope. Dave. Stoked on that. I'm ready for Thanks, that. Thanks, Dave. Scottish witches. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what you got? What you got? Well, because of last week, right? <laughs> it was like Jesus fucking fuck for everybody, but also for myself. I was like, we're not doing. Another We're one. not going to crawl up into a fetal position. Not today. Done. Not yeah. today. No, I thanks, was like, no. I don't, I don't want to do that because I don't want you to not for a minute because that also I, a lot. I had to I had to research it. So it was you read about a lot more than what we heard. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I was like, oh no. So it was rough for everyone. It was. Uh, so I was it like, was. no. So I wanted to do something a little different today uh but also you're welcome for another not another rough story thank you uh you're welcome um but i was uh, scrolling through facebook and i saw an old photo of a group of women during world war ii and after i read the caption i was like oh well i need to know more about this immediately because i'd heard the name before but i'd never oh i know what you're gonna do so i was like okay well i'm gonna look into it and so i decided to do that and share some of it with you all today and I'm going to tell you about Marina Raskova, the mother of witches. Yeah, yeah. Speaking It's informational of day. It I'm is like, informational day. Witches and devils. Witches and devils. I'm leaving the room. Drink. Oh. Witches and Satan. Witches and Today's the devil. Today's just educational day, guys. It is. You're learning some shit. Mm. Okay. So. <sighs> Russian. Russian names every fucking time, dude. I practice this. Uh, Marina Mikhailovna mm, Malanina yes. was born in Moscow on March 28, 1912. Uh, her mother was a teacher, and her father, Mikhail Malanin, uh, was a singing instructor and an opera singer. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Marina's maternal aunt, Anna. You Botovich. No, that sounds good. Sounds like you, you did it right. Thank you. It might not have, but it sounds good. I had to say it really slow. Right. Because that's a lot of letters that my eyes and brain are like, mm-mm. Touche. No. Touche. Uh, but she was also a fairly no- a well-known singer in Russia, and Marina wanted to, um, she grew up wanting to study music like her father and her aunt. Uh, when Marina was seven, her father was hit by a motorcycle and died of his injuries soon after the accident. Uh, she continued studying music and singing until an ear infection forced her to abandon her passion because uh, she was no longer able to sing. Mm-hmm. Which sad. it is very sad. Um, so after that, Marina decided to start studying engineering and chemistry, which, you know, seems like a natural progression from wanting to become an opera singer to <laughs> engineering and chemistry. I'm like, girl, okay. Um uh, but when she graduated from high school, she started working as a chemist in a dye factory. Uh, there she would meet and eventually marry a f- um, an engineer named Sergei Raskov. And in 1930, she gave birth to their daughter, Tanya. In 1931, Marina started working at the Air Force Engineering Academy in the drafting department. And that is when her love of aviation began. Uh, in 1933, she joined the military air forces, and in 1934, she graduated from the Leningrad Air Force Scientific Research Institute, which made her the first woman to qualify as an aviation navigator. Uh, that same year, she trained at an air club in Moscow to become a pilot and became the Zhirusky Air Academy's first female pilot instructor. Badass bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, She taught male and eventually female students uh, military navigation. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a surprise to no one, her male students were initially not down with being taught by a woman. Uh, Fuck you, suck it up. Right. (laughs) Uh, But once they realized that she knew her shit, they changed their tune. They were like, oh, she's actually really fucking good at this. Weird. Shocking. Um, Bitches can do shit. Right? (laughs) Like what? What? Weird. Debatable. Ah, there we go. The Academy uh, would send Marina to the Central Flying Club in Toshino for flying lessons, uh, which she completed in August 1935. Uh, With the end of this training, she was able to become an instrument flying instructor and was allowed to teach advanced navigation to command personnel. Uh, she would also get divorced in 1935. Ruh-roh. She's like, nah, sisters doing it for themselves. Bye. Bye. <laughs> this is- yeah. Uh, Marina soon began to gain a little bit of fame when she started setting international aviation records, earning the nickname the Russian Amelia Earhart. Uh, by the way, most of the record setting flights of hers happened Uh, In 1937 and 1938, while she was still working as an instructor at the Air Academy, like a boss. She's like, I'm just going to teach some school and then fucking set world records. It's no big deal. Super boss, bitch. Super boss. Uh, The most notable of these flights was of the Rodina, which is Russian for motherland, uh, in September of 1938. The goal of the flight was to set an international record for an all-female straight-line distance flight from Moscow to... Komsomolsk, sure, sure. Uh, which is in the Russian Far East, uh, in the Baikal Emir Mainline. 
I like that both of us were just like, fucking, no. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Baikal. Lake Baikal. Yep. You did that one. I did. All right. And that's where their flight was ending. Was okay. All the way over there. Um, the flight, which consisted of 4,031 continuous miles. Damn. Uh, wound up taking Marina and her crew, which were fellow aviatrixes, Paulina Osipenko and Valentina Grizzle. Nope. <laughs> Hang on. Grizzles. Nope. 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 That was a D. And my eyes were like, is that the B? I'm like, no, there's both there. Oh, that's too confusing. Grizzod Yubova. There it is. There Grizzod it is. Yubova. Yeah, oh. sure. Uh, it took them exactly 26 hours and 29 minutes to complete the flight. These bitches flew planes for 26 hours. They sure fucking did. Get it. Uh, unfortunately, there was an accident. Uh-oh. Uh, due to poor visibility, coupled with the vulnerable position vulnerable position Marina held in the navigator's pit during a crash landing. Like, where the navigator pit was was not where you wanted to be if no, the plane was going down. down. It was all bad. So... Between that, Marina had to parachute out of the plane while Paulina and Valentina landed it. Okay, but is she okay? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, she ended up alone and lost for 10 days with no water and very little food. Uh, she was eventually found by a rescue crew and taken to safety with her crewmates. Well, damn, sis. Right? And on November 2nd, 1938, all three women received the Order of Lenin and the Gold Star Medal, making them the first women to ever be awarded with the Hero of the Soviet Union title. Uh, they were also the only people to receive these honors pre-World War II. And coming from Russian men? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's a big deal. It was a huge fucking deal. So, uh, while women were finally allowed to become pilots, they weren't allowed into combat roles. Uh, there weren't technically any laws that prohibited them from actively fighting in the war. Uh, it was just some patriarchal bullshit and la- these ladies had had enough uh, it was kind of like they would have their application. They would turn in an application to join that division and they would just sit around indefinitely. And so the people in charge of checking the applications would kind of just hope they would forget and move on. Mm-hmm. So they were like, yeah, we're just not going to answer you. So that's cool. Stop asking. I don't forget shit like that. Yeah, so. they're like, yeah, so. but I really want to be a fucking combat pilot. That's why I applied. So, hi. Um, so, when World War II began, Marina began receiving letters from women all over Russia pleading for her assistance. Uh, they wanted to volunteer in the war as air combatants and knew that she could help them fight for the cause. Um, she traveled all throughout Moscow with a suitcase full of these letters and eventually reached out to Joseph Stalin himself. <laughs> uh, her status as the Russian Amelia Earhart came with these kinds of political perks. And eventually, he gave in. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, Wore his ass down. Yeah. And she did make very good points. Uh, women were already running to the front lines anyway. And when she was speaking to Stalin, a woman had just stolen a plane to fight. So he really you go, bitch. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm fucking steal this fucking plane. I am doing it. Ain't nobody telling me not to. Cause guess what? I ain't listening. Go on. Sis. She can't read. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, ma'am, you can't fly this plane. I can't read. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> like, that's not what we said. Bye. 
Gone, sis. She's already fucking off in her plane. Like, <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he was like, well, okay. I have no good reason to say no now because that's a fucking good point. Uh, and in October of 1941, Stalin, Stalin ordered the formation of the 122nd Aviation Corps. It was an all-female combat regiment, huh. uh, which would be led by Major Marina Raskova. Get it. Uh, they received so many applications that they had to split the regiment into three different groups. Uh, there was the 125th Guards Bomber Aviation Regiment, the 586th Fighter Aviation Regiment, and the 588th Night Bomber Regiment. Uh, each regiment had around 400 women, mostly in their 20s, uh, who were employed as support staff, engineers, mechanics, navigators, and pilots. Mm -hmm. Their training, which normally took around four years, was crammed into a matter of a few months. Boy. Yeah. Uh, when training began, the women also received ill-fitting male hand-me-down uniforms. Uh, they faced rampant misogyny from their male counterparts. Rude. With one commander stating it was a shame to see them doing such unwomanly work. And that they would keep crying. Oh. To which pilot Clava Blinova responded, if we do cry, please just ignore it. Okay. <laughs> like. Sure. Fuck off. My guy. Eat my entire ass, you dick. My entire ass. All of it. My asshole. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Eat my entire asshole. Hey, there she is. <laughs> I am here. Uh -huh. <laughs> So, despite all of that bullshit, the women kept their heads up and remained professional and exceptional. Uh, they painted flowers on their planes. Get a bitch. Because they're like, eh, fuck off. Right. Um, and also used their navigational pencils as lipstick and eyeliner. I love that. Mm -hmm. What color are their navigational pencils? There's going to be a couple. Okay. Like, are we just putting straight lead on our lips? That's not safe. Well, it was World War II. Oh, fair. So, and they were also really, really fighter pretty. pilots. Yeah, okay. So it wasn't really safe to begin with. Fair. But they're like, Touche. guess what? We're better at you than this, and we look really pretty doing it. Fair. Um, so it was like, you know, just all of that whole situation was like an ultimate fuck you and kind of reminiscent of Ginger Rogers, anything you can do, I can do backwards and in heels mm. statement, which okay. is... You love to see it, to be honest. Mm, I do really love do. To see it. Right, I know. Uh, while Marina was stern with the women in all three regiments, she always reminded them to be proud that they were women. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Marina decided to personally head up the 586th Fighter Regiment, ensuring they received the best equipment possible, which included state-of-the-art bomber planes, much to the ire of her male counterparts. Weird. Suck it. She's like, I'm the Russian Amelia Earhart. I get the best of the best. Eat my ass. You dick. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the course of the war, this regiment in particular would drop over 980 tons of bombs in 134 missions. Mm-hmm. The Night Bomber Regiment was comprised of the least experienced pilots, with ages ranging from 17 to 26, and was the most ill-equipped group of the three, uh, with... Oh, where did her I don't know that I want a 17-year-old up in a plane dropping bombs. Right? I don't know how I feel about that. I know. Uh, it was uh, former pilot Alexandra Semyonova. Mm -hmm. uh, she said of the planes that they flew, 
and the Knight Regiment. The plane was constructed entirely of plywood, covered, in fact, with cheesecloth. One direct hit and it caught fire and burned up completely in the air before reaching the ground like a match. They got these girls flying wooden planes. Uh-huh. That's what I'm about to say. You said wood? Plywood. And cheesecloth. Cheese yeah. Uh, the night bombers <laughs> were also not blessed when it came to other equipment and had to fly the old, outdated biplanes. They were essentially glorified cropped dusting planes. No crop, crop dusting. dusting. Crop dusting no. is bad. Is you okay over there real I'm quick? Good. I just need to check in on you. Are you all right? Yeah. Okay. Um, crop dusting planes? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I do I am know. a 14-year-old boy. Yes. Damn it. Um, outdated biplanes. They were forced to fly in open crafts, like the cab was open, uh, in freezing temperatures, and sometimes well below freezing temperatures, often having to work while dealing with frostbite. Uh, They had no radios, infrared, or radar, and no guns were installed in their planes. Uh, More often than not, their bombs wouldn't release, which meant they'd have to go out onto one of the wings while in the air and manually shove bombs. Yeah, manually shove them out of the plane. So I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but (laughs) these are some fucking bad bitches. Oh, yeah. These bitches walking out on the wing of their wooden plane. Mm-hmm. Making sure these bombs deploy. Suck it, Nazis. Wow. Is pretty much where it was at. Wow. Uh, they also weren't given parachutes until 1944. Oh. Uh, the re- there was never a reason given behind that Other decision. They're flying a wooden plane that's going to go up like a match anyway, so what's the point? Yeah. They were like, cool. I don't know if it's because of like weight restrictions or because they really just didn't care. Uh, we were disposable. It could have been either. Both, either, all of them. But again, formal pilot, uh, Alexandra Semyonovna. Yes. Uh, she would say that the reason was because victory was valued more than our lives. Victory. Uh, again, the glorified crop dusters that they flew were easily taken down and incredibly slow. Hmm. But that turned out to be an advantage. So the German planes that they were, you know, that would come after them... Uh, the like the max speed of the night bombing regiment's plane was slower than how like when these the other German planes would stall, mm-hmm. which would give them time to maneuver into a different direction, and the other plane couldn't like That's maneuver amazing. back fast enough. Uh, because they're like, what the fuck is this old ancient hideous plane doing? We're gonna give all the shit planes to the ladies. <laughs> mm-hmm. These ladies and doing all of the same work in the middle of the night, which is arguably more difficult. I agree. Um, they're like, I in my head, it, they were essentially like, uh, the police academy. A ragtag group of rascals just doing a real important job. But um, this, so in spite of their inexperience and garbage equipment, the 588th Night Bomber Regiment would go on to be the most famous of the three. Uh, The Night Bombers would begin their attacks in teams of three planes. Two would go in first to draw attention, which included enemy fire, and the remaining plane would turn off its engine and glide through the dark while dropping bombs. Jesus Christ. Uh, They'd rotate through each plane until all of the bombs had been dropped. Then they'd return to their base and start all over again. Uh, These women would go on up to 18 missions in a single night. Damn. 
Yeah. Uh, the German soldiers, bewildered by the effectiveness of these bombers, uh, recalled the silent planes sounding like the sweeping of a broom. And the uh, 588th Night Bomber Regiment would become known to them and eventually the world as the Nachthexen or mm-hmm. Night Witches. Yes. Uh, according to Steve Prouse, who penned a nonfiction screenplay called The Night Witches, uh, he said that this sound was the only warning the Germans had. The planes were too small to show up on radar or infrared locators. They never used radios, so radio locators couldn't pick them up either. They were basically ghosts. Yes. These women were so terrifying to the Germans that anyone who brought down a night witch was automatically and immediately awarded the Iron Cross. Really? Yeah. Mm. Like any, they're like, you here, please take this very prestigious Nazi Because you were able to take... A witch down. Mm-hmm. I love that they called them the <laughs> night witches. This is so fucking good. Noctexan. Uh-huh. Uh, also, they were unable to believe that women could be good at being pilots and, you know, destroying Or that women could Nazi be good anything. at anything other than Literally breeding. Literally anything. Yeah. So they began a rumor that the night witches were given pills that enabled them with night vision. They're like, there's no way they can be this good at their job, they clearly were given drugs to give them night vision. <laughs> kind of like the meth that all the Nazis were doing? Like, right? what the fuck? They're like, yeah, there's no way that's a real thing. But we're Obvious, all on meth. Obviously, it's magic drugs <laughs> that make them see in the night. Because uh, we're all on meth. Right. Uh, one of the most well-known night witches. Oh, no. Oh, get it, girl. Nadezha Popova. I think I missed some letters or added some. I don't know. But uh, anyway. It, sound, it sounded good. Thank you. Uh, she would say, this was nonsense, of course. What we did have were clever, educated, very talented girls. Uh, the Night Witches would remain the only regiment of the three to be all female, uh, with the fighter and guards bomber regiments both eventually incorporating men. Uh, the Night Witches, eventually a team over 800 of around 800 women, would fly over 30,000 missions by the time the war ended, dropping over 3,000 tons of bombs and 26,000 incendiary shells on Nazi targets. Incendiary. Mm-hmm. I love that word. Uh, according, word. according to some stats on the Wikipedia, they damaged or completely destroyed 17 river crossings, 9 railways, 2 railway stations, 26 warehouses, 12 fuel depots, uh, 176 armored cars, 86 firing points, and 11 searchlights. Damn. In addition to these bombings, they also performed 155 supply drops of food and ammunition to Soviet forces. Nice. 30 of their pilots died. Oh. And of the 90 heroines of the Soviet Union, uh, 24 were night witches. Uh, however, six months after the war ended, their regiment was disbanded, and even though they were the most decorated unit in the Soviet Air Force, the most decorated unit in the Soviet Air Force, period, Damn. the end, they were not allowed to be in the victory parade. Mm. Why? They have vaginas. That. But they said it was because their planes were too slow. <laughs> Okay, motherfucker. Oh, you know what? That in Russian <laughs> must translate into English because they have vaginas. I am guessing. I think yes. that's the trend. Yes, that is the They're translation. Like, mm, I'm like, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, and eventually, all 
of all three regiments would be called night witches. That's just how they're known. But it's really only the one, uh, the 588th. They were the only true night witches. Got it. Um, Marina Raskova would die on January 4th, 1943, while attempting to lead two other planes to an airfield near Stalingrad. Uh, she attempted to make a forced landing on the Volga bank, but visibility was fo- uh, was poor, and after trying to fly underneath the fog, she crashed into the riverbank. Oh, no. Uh, there were no survivors, and Marina herself was only 30 years old. Damn. Bummer. Uh, she would receive the first state funeral of the war which included a ceremony in the Red Square with full military honors, uh, and her ashes would be interred inside the Kremlin Wall alongside fellow pilot Paulina Osipenko, who died in May of 1939. Uh, Paulina is the one that went on the Rodina with her. Uh, The New York Times write about her death, saying, She was a woman of high intelligence and great personal courage who became a heroine of the Soviet Union in both senses of the word. Uh, her popularity was widespread, and her death is regarded as a great loss to the Soviet Union, to whose women she was held up as an example. And in 1944, they would remember her as the greatest woman hero in the or the greatest woman hero of the air in this war, and the sharpest loss to the Soviets. There are rumors that she was a spy and an officer in the NKVD secret police and that she traveled to give propaganda speeches for the Communist Party after joining them in 1940, but I only found that information in one of my sources. So okay. I'm like, yeah, grain of salt. I'm like, mm. uh, Shortly before her death, uh, she had gone with the Night Witches to the front lines uh, because she, while she was in charge of all three of them, she personally led a different regiment. Uh, but she went with them one evening, and in a speech she told them, we can do anything fuck yes (laughs) and that is the story of marina raskova and the night witches i love bad bitches that's my fucking problem yes hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's perfect perfect. i love bad bitches Mm -hmm. that's my fucking problem and there is so much more about the night witches themselves and they were fucking rad yes they were that's why the second you started like oh bitch i know what you're doing i know what you're doing just fucking bad asses like i i knew of them i knew who they Mm -hmm. were i knew what they did but obviously i didn't know the details yeah it's pretty fucking cool yeah so she was like hey i wanted to be an opera singer but now i'm gonna fly some fucking planes and start a little tiny revolution for these ladies little bad bitches club yeah here for it like hell yeah that is awesome and also you know just always as always fuck nazis oh yeah and that's they were all about they're like yeah suck it nazis i'm a lady and i just destroyed all your shit all of it i'm not sure if they killed anybody i couldn't find numbers on that right but but they destroyed some shit they a whole lot of shit a lot of shit they dropped a lot of bombs i'll drop bombs dropping bombs on Fucking suck it. I'll drop a fucking bomb. <laughs> I don't even care. I don't even care. Give me a B. weapons cachet to explode. I'll get out on the wing of this plane and punch a bomb off of it. Right? Down That's to how the... bombs work. <laughs> that, 
Did you miss the part? They had to, like, sometimes they would have to actually, like, manually go out onto, onto the, the plane wing. and shove the bombs. Because they wouldn't go. Because their airplanes were made of fucking wood. Fucking they were made of plywood and cheesecloth. Plywood cloth. and cheesecloth. Fun. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a like, you fucking know, flying matchbox. Yeah, remember when you would go to, like... I don't know, Chuck E. Cheese or something. And little, little things. You get those little yeah. planes and little the plastic planes. that you put right? together and just... That's psh- what they flew. They flew those. Person-sized those. Mm. Yeah. Basically. That's, that's they're flying. Balsa wood. Super safe. Oh, that's a very cute baby. Super safe. Why are you showing... Oh, is that your friend's... Oh, he's very cute. Um, mm. Yeah, so... Babies what? do nothing for me. Right. He's <laughs> like, he's I have so no... Cute. No, no baby... No baby songs. No, uh-uh. yeah. no soft oh. babies for me. Uh, no. Oh, sources before I forget. The Wikipedia. Uh, History.com, Bryn Holland, Medium, L.M. Brown. Uh, oh, I'm blind. Uh, C-T-I-E.monash.edu.au. And thefemalesoldier.com, Callum Ray. Nice. So nice. today... On Educational Day here at Ghosts and Hoes, you learn about the father of Satanism uh-huh. and the fucking night witches, the yeah. bad bitches that blew a bunch of shit up in World they War II. They sure II. fucking did. They're like, not on my watch, Nazis. Right? Not on my watch. So whether today you've decided to become a Satanist or a pilot, yeah. Uh, well, you know what? Just give us credit where credit's You're due. welcome. You are so welcome. Uh, but yeah, there's just like, I specifically focused on her since she was the one right. who started everything right. because if I had done more on just the night it would have taken days right so much so well, cool. that's the thing too it's like when I, I was reading through like the actual beliefs of the church of Satan and Satanism and I'm just reading and I'm like okay I can't I, uh, Mesistopheles like where are we going with this what is fucking happening why, why, right. what's, this is not an opera, bro. Like, I need you to calm down <laughs> with your shit. Well, I mean, he did play the organ, so maybe he, it the was. The calliope was his jam, and again, once you hear it, guys, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Right? It's fucking horrifying, and I hate everything about now it. Now that I think about it, when I'm watching, like, you know, like a Mario Bava horror film or something like that back in, like, the early 70s, mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of weird calliope like hurdy gurdies fuck them both calliope hurdy gurdy all hurdy gurdies are haunted all they're all haunted and like organ music and just like oh. you know people like in bikinis dancing around i'm like i guess that's just a thing that happened then but that's like that fucking <laughs> movie i saw last night that's what it, it, it just i don't know i can't <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't, I don't. <laughs> yep there's a calliope for you. Uh, I know what it sounds like, yeah. but I need to see what it looks like. I don't like that. Oh, oh, wait, oh. No, that's, that's the cart that it's in. Oh, it's, like, it's in a cart, but no. that's what the calliope sounds like. So when you go to a circus and you have that weird, like, whistly sound, yeah. it's actually a keyboard that's played that makes that sound. Okay. So it's different sounding from an organ. Yeah. And it's just yeah, heinous. I don't like it's horrible. That it looks like it's terrifying. This one looks like it should be on the McDonald's play place because it looks like a box of French fries. Yeah. Yep. And then you play it, and it sounds like there's a clown coming to slash your fucking throat, which and no, kill you, thank you, and disembowel you. That's all I hear. Yeah, a calliope. Huh? I hear like disemboweling clowns. That's all yeah, I hear. It kind of feels like somebody dropped an ice cube directly into my guts. Yep. I'm like, mm-hmm. nope. It's horrible. 
I'm just like, hey, something I'm, with your nip noops. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, pl- I'm gonna play the calliope. I'm, I, that's what I want to play. Of all things, but again, who's gonna be like, I want to play the hurdy gurdy and the theremin? Who does that too? Also I don't true. All weird people. If I had the patience to learn how to play the theremin, though, I honestly probably would because it's pretty cool. Again, only weird people want to play the theremin. You're not wrong. <laughs> it's not too hard to figure out. I just don't. It know. looks also, complicated and also having weird. to purchase one. They're not very cheap. No. So I'm like, you, mm. but secondhand, secondhand theremin. Give there, me a. It, sa- it sounds people, like a memoir. Secondhand theremin. <laughs> like, do you know how many people out there probably bought a theremin thinking this was the shit after and never played it after American Horror Story Coven? Yeah, probably a lot of hipsters. Right? Secondhand theremin. It sounds like somebody's like autobiography <laughs> or their it memoir. Like or, shitty band, right? Also that. Both. Or a Judy Bloom book. Mm. <laughs> Secondhand theremin. Are you there, Satan? It's me, the theremin. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm pretty sure that Calliope LeVay. Yeah. Oh. Why did he not name one? I don't know, but I feel like that's my new name. Calliope LeVay. That Done. is that's a really good drag name. If there are any drag queens listening, you're welcome. Please use that because I have nothing to use it for. But you can see like how he evolved. What do you, what, 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 <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You're just motorboating yourself. What are you doing? I'm so confused right now. What, what? I'm glad we the both. Longer... Did you give her a cookie? No, huh? no. I'm no. glad we both saw that at the same time because I was smelling um, perfume. Your boobs? You literally just racked your own titties up into your nose so that you could smell your perfume? Is that, is that, could you just clarify that that's what we all saw? Except Randall, apparently? I I was just trying to figure out where it was coming from, dude. And I was like, hmm, maybe it's my boobs. So I stuck my head down there. Huh. What was I saying? I don't know. Haters. We did it, you guys. Both of you. We fucking did it. I don't know. I don't remember either. It's all right. I was distracted by her literally lifting her titties up to her face to smell them, so I was thrown off. But that was amazing. It really was. It's impressive. It is impressive. I don't think I can do that. I sure as fuck can't, but anyway. Do they smell good, though? sweatshirt. Was that where the smell was coming from? Yes, they smell delightful. No oh, good. Mm-hmm. In case anybody was wondering. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't remember what I was talking about, though. That's okay. Okay. So what, we did the. All right. Well, we did it. <laughs> Fuck. We did. We did the thing. Yay. So, uh, y'all know what to do. Rate, review, subscribe, share, share, share. Mm-hmm. Um, be a patron on our Patreon. Yeah. Do that too. We'll send you shit. We got stuff. We got stuff and things. Also S- things. Right. So until next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Bye. Bye. Mwah! Fuck, fuck you, you Bob. Bob. Fuck, fuck you, Gwyneth. And fuck you, Kim Kardashian. Yeah. Oh, fuck her too. Fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, Kim. Fuck Kimberly. You. you shark-eyed she-demon. Oh, boy. I'm going to stuff all of you into a freezer and then shit in it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. All three of them or uh-huh. just one? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. Actually, I'll, you know what? I don't want to kill anybody. I'm going to shit in all your freezers. Yeah. Do it. Do it. I'm going to And then rub... on your pillows. Mm. Shit sickle. Yeah. Give yeah. y'all conjunctivitis. Yeah. All of them. Shit Rub my everybody. nuts on your toothbrushes. I think that yeah. you should rub your taint all over Kim Kardashian's doorknobs. I'm going to rub my taint on her face. <gasps> oh. It's going to be the least pleasurable experience of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but worth it. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck you, Kim. Dirty rich bitch. Nobody likes you.
Kimberly. Your ass has gotten way too big. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to hate. It's not proportionate to her legs. It's ridiculous. It's stupid now. Okay, we're, we're I'm done. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.